When we hear the name Joe Paterno, we think extraordinary coach. When we hear about Emerald, we think extraordinary cook. When we hear the name Teresa of Calcutta, we think extraordinary Christian. When we hear the name Jesus, we think extraordinary child of God. Morris Mandel reported on a Chinese, Chinese legend in which a group of elderly, cultured gentlemen met often to exchange wisdom and drink tea. Each host tried to find the finest and most costly varieties of tea to create exotic blends that would arouse the admiration of his guests. When the most venerable and respected member of this group entertained, he served his tea with unprecedented ceremony, measuring the leaves from a golden box, and the others there just praised this tea, how wonderful and exquisite it was, and the host smiled, and he said, the tea you have found so delightful is the same tea our peasants drink. I hope it will be a reminder to all that the good things in life are not necessarily the rarest or the most costly. Today, we think less about the extraordinary and more about the ordinary. Last week, we delved into an extraordinary text, Genesis 22, when God rescued Isaac from death and rescued Isaac's father Abraham from his past. Today, just two chapters later, God is not calling loudly, but is quietly at work in the background and through many ordinary people. For brevity, the beginning of Genesis 4 and other parts of it were edited out of today's reading, but the beginning presents an older and wiser Abraham than the one we encountered last week, sending his servant to find a wife for his son Isaac. Earlier, you may know that while Abraham was still childless, God promised that he would become the ancestor of a multitude. And while that promise appeared questionable last week, Isaac survived the dramatic ordeal. And now, today, Isaac has to do more than survive. For the promise to be fulfilled, he has to sire children. And to sire children, he must have a wife. Abraham's servant obeys his master and departs with camels, jewelry, and a generous dowry. And when he arrives at his destination, the servant prays, O oh Lord, God of my master Abraham, please grant me success today and show steadfast love to my master Abraham. That's verse 12, a little bit earlier than what was read. But it's as if the servant recognizes that the level of his success directly affects another's experience of God's steadfast love. Listen to it again. O oh Lord, God of my master Abraham, please grant me success today and thereby show steadfast love 
to my master, Abraham. Translate, translating that to today, the level of our success in being obedient to our master, Jesus, directly affects another person's experience of God's steadfast love. And as with Abraham's servant, it happens as we go about our ordinary daily work. Legend says that a young man came to the great philosopher Socrates to be instructed in oratory. The moment the young man arrived, he began to speak, and there was an incessant stream of words for some time. And when Socrates did manage to speak a word, he said, Young man, I will have to charge you a double fee. A double fee? Why is that? Socrates responded, I will have to teach you two sciences. First, how to hold your tongue, and second, how to use it. When we go through the ordinary day, sometimes we forget to listen. We get caught up in our own success and forget how connected we are to others and how the success of all of us depends on the success of each of us. Our Dessert First community time after worship offers the opportunity to connect with each other and therefore to God through talking and listening. Many of you have participated in that by baking cookies or buying grapes or other things for us to share. And others, the rest of us just get to enjoy it and enjoy the taste and enjoy the time with each other. As we listen to each other and listen beneath the surface of the words we hear, God's presence becomes known. In the ordinariness of listening to another person, you're being faithful to God. There are other simple ways to be faithful that also encourage others. For years, Babe Ruth was the consummate baseball hero. To many, he still is. His record of 714 home runs remained unbroken for decades. He was the idol of sports fans in the teens, 20s, and early 30s, but in time, as it does with all of us, age took its toll. His popularity began to wane. And one of his last games in Cincinnati, Babe Ruth had already had struck out, and then a series of misplays led to the Cincinnati Reds getting five runs in one inning. And as the babe walked toward the dugout, chin down and dejected, there rose from the stands an enormous storm of boos and catcalls. And amid that painful noise, a little boy jumped over the railing, and with tears streaming down his face, he flung his arms around his hero's legs and held on tightly. Babe Ruth scooped him up, hugged him, and set him down again. And after patting him gently on the head, he took his hand, and the two of them walked off the field together. In the ordinariness of a caring touch, God's work was done. Lest you think I'm encouraging you to jump a fence and go hug someone you don't know, think, too, about how every month 
a small, faithful group of women gathers in the kitchen to prepare juice and bread for us to celebrate the Lord's Supper. You, most of you don't see this, but they set aside two cups and two crackers in little separate dishes for the person who sits in the office during worship in case of emergency and for the person running the audio board in the balcony. So they are connected and included. These women prepare communion for us each month, not requesting a public thank you, just caringly and diligently shifting their schedules and offering their time and energy as a gift to the rest of us. In the ordinariness of preparing this before us, for the rest of us, they are responding to their master and enhancing our connection with our Lord and with each other. They're being faithful to God. Bob Hetherington, the director of our Roanoke Valley Baptist Association, commented a few weeks ago that as we at Calvary show an interest in our neighbors, though they may not need us immediately, when they do need us, they will find us. In the ordinariness of a friendly greeting, an invitation, a word of welcome, God's work is done. Perhaps there is within each of us the spark of a desire to be extraordinary. And yet our text today reminds us that it's not necessary. In Genesis 24, Abraham was faithful to God by sending his servant to find a wife for Isaac. The servant was faithful to God by praying and paying attention to how God was working. Rebecca was faithful to God in giving water not only to the man who asked for it, but to his livestock. She also was faithful in going with the servant when it seemed the Lord was guiding her in that direction. Isaac was faithful by embracing the wife that the Lord had provided for him. Likewise, in the ordinary aspects of life, we are called to listen and to respond. As we offer the ordinary gifts of a listening ear, a hug, time, or various other gifts, we find a sense of divine success, and others experience God's steadfast love. This table that has been generously and carefully prepared for us is another reminder of God's steadfast love. As we share communion today, all who seek Jesus are invited to find him here. All are invited to participate with the bread and with the cup. All who seek find, we are told again and again. May we pray then for God's help as we seek. God of love and God of grace, thank you for inviting us again to your table of forgiveness. Guide us as we receive with gratitude that forgiveness and your gracious love so that we are strengthened to share it with others. In your name we pray. Amen.